Hi, I'm Gia. I'm Brianna. And you know who we are. Welcome to the party. This is episode four, and we're very excited. Brianna, how have you been? Stressed. <laughs> <laughs> Same. <laughs> Let me know. I'm going to vent my dirty laundry on decom party. No, I've been good. I've been so well. Um, just crazy busy with school and midterms and whatnot, because some people choose to take classes in the summer. Um, and, you know, COVID, Florida reopening and whatnot. So we're here. We're chilling. It's great. How are you, Gia? <laughs> well, I'm glad you're chilling and managing. You're just one day at a time. I'm good. Um, I'm actually back in Florida, too. Um, yeah, I, I still don't have a job. So it's the stress of COVID and, you know, just how awful everything is. And oh, yeah. um, trying to get my life back on track. But that is what this show is for. It gives us, you know, something to do to be productive, get some skills and enjoy some nostalgia and remember what's actually important in life. <laughs> um, and today we are talking about pixel perfect. I almost said pitch perfect. But I did not. We are talking about Pixel Perfect today. Oh, I wish we were talking about Pitch Perfect. That movie is top tier. Unlike Pixel that Perfect. That could be another episode. It's we can make it relate to Disney somehow. Oh, gosh. But it's totally okay. Yeah. So, um, well, today, this is a big week. Um, so, yesterday was um, the 12th birthday slash anniversary of Camp Rock, which is very exciting. Happy summer mm -hmm. to everybody. And there are actually some similarities between Camp Rock and Pixel Perfect that we can touch on today just to keep it like super, you know, relevant. Yeah, yeah we'll get into that later, but it's very exciting. Yeah, so um, how about we read the synopsis for Pixel Perfect and then we can bring on our lovely guest. What Yay. do you think? Sounds good. Yay, all right, here we go. So the synopsis according to Disney Plus is Techno whiz Roscoe creates a hologram to help his friend's band, the Zetabytes, make a name for themselves. But when the band becomes an overnight sensation, can Roscoe protect his hologram from falling into the wrong hands? Ooh. I gotta say, I didn't remember any of course from this movie. And I was like, Roscoe? That's not the first name I would have picked for Ricky Ullman. <laughs> right? But it works because of how futuristic it is. It's very, again, yes. their name choice within Disney are very interesting. And also to echo what we talked about last week, um, Adam, who was our guest, mentioned how Adam. they used the word, like Disney uses the word whiz to describe like anyone who is just good at, at science. So Ben in Smart House is a science whiz and now Roscoe is a techno whiz. Not a tech whiz, but a techno whiz, which is interesting. Like techno music. Weird, right? <laughs> Although I do have so, to say, if I'm we're sure comparing, I feel like if we're comparing the two as far as their like whiz capabilities, I'd say Roscoe was definitely more whiz like to me, at least. I'm 100%. not sure. Oh yeah, he was yes, smarter than his dad in the whole movie. Hologram. I was like, <laughs> it's, it's unbelievable what he did because it was a hologram of a cat. So the whole idea of having a holographic cat or any pet is revolutionary you know if you're allergic to pets you could have this kind of cat if you don't want to feed it you can't afford it you would have this it's great and then of course a hologram pop star which was huge was a huge like potential sensation then, for the music industry of, so just like the name for her i was like i can't think of a more 
non-traditional name for someone that you're trying to use as the headliner for your band. Like, it was very strange. I forget. Yes. I don't Loretta know. Modern. It's Loretta. Kidding. I was like, Lynette. Yeah, Loretta. Same thing. I was like, you couldn't make her, like, Lynn Modern or something a little more modern. It was so no. yeah. bizarre. <laughs> this movie, it's kind of like that joke. PTSD for me. <laughs> Yeah, so well, this is interesting because Brianna. So, is it safe to say you did not enjoy this movie? No, after and the I to love this movie. This movie, and I know Sky High is not a decom, but like I feel like those were the two that I watched constantly, and it. I watched it back like with fresh eyes a decade later, and I was like, "This movie is terrible." <gasps> I love Sky High. Right. Okay, no, Sky High is great. Like, I'm perfect. Our friend Lauren hates Sky High and she actually was a huge inspiration for why we started this podcast because oh, of the Lauren. controversy over these decoms or just Disney While, movies in general and she's having to relate to that time. So perfect and she watched it with me and I'm messing with her so bad I'm like this movie sucks this movie sucks and she's like stop it's so good and I'm like Okay, wait, so I liked it, and I hate it. You hated it, and now you like it? It was so weird. This movie's... It's very strange during the rewatch, like, almost <laughs> a decade later. Now, th this movie yeah. premiered on January 16th, 2004, so that was 16 years ago. I, I probably haven't seen it since maybe 2006, so yeah. it's been a long time. And it was funny because Brianna rewatched the movie before I did, and she told me how much she disliked it. And I and I was thinking I would probably feel the same way, but I didn't. I, I, I'm kind of indifferent toward it. I don't I don't love it. I don't hate it, but I really did appreciate the messages that it was talking about. Yeah, like it did um, it did have a lot of good yeah. content. I just think the execution was very misplaced. The themes didn't I feel like they weren't cohesive. The pacing was so weird. I felt like I was tripping out half the movie. I I don't know. It could have been done. Yes. <laughs> I'm with you on the pacing, and you hit a key a key word there, trippy. This is a trippy movie. I remember feeling that way when I was like, oh my six. No, not six. When I was eight. Um, I didn't feel as trippy this time, but still, it has weird elements. Um, but we're going to dive into all of this. And just to recap, uh, for the cast, because we're going to talk about the cast later, too. So it stars Ricky Ullman, who, of course, we know and love from Pill of the Future, Leah Pipes, and Spencer Redford. Um, yeah, so, well, since we kind of established how we feel about this movie, let's bring on my friend Mahaley, who loves this movie, absolutely loves it, and she was one of the first people to ask if we could talk about it. Um, this movie was highly requested. I had about 12 requests in the first two days after we announced that we were making the Decom Party podcast, and it's going to be very interesting to see what she has to say. Okay. I wrote a little intro for her, so let's do it. Here we go. My friend Mahaley Griffith is joining us today. She is my friend from college. Mahaley, Brianna, and I all graduated from the University of Central Florida. Um, she has lived and worked in Orlando, New York City, and Los Angeles, working at Viacom. Her love for Disney runs deep. She even reads a chapter from a Haunted Mansion book every night, which I just found out this morning. Um, she is your go-to gal for all things media and production, and is a theater girl to the core. Please welcome our pixel perfect connoisseur, Mahaley. Hi. Sorry, I always wanted to do that. Oh my god! Perfect. We should do this. 
<laughs> I terrible. would like to do that. We would have major copyright issues. <laughs> well, welcome to the party. Thank you for coming. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Yes, I'm so excited to have you here. This is going to be a wonderful time. Yeah, Mahaley, she's definitely, like Brianna, she is definitely in our group when it comes to Disney love, and it's going to be a Thank good time. God. I heard I you it. before I came on talking about Big Thunder Mountain, and I was like, yes. Thunder Mesa. Oh my gosh, she knows. I love it. Oh, this is my infamous Haunted Mansion book. I read a chapter every night. I love it. I'm such uh, a park snob. Me too. Me too. We got to make a parks episode one day. <laughs> we were talking to Adam about it last week, and I'm like, we're we're gonna do it. <laughs> we have to. Like all I learned something new about the parks every day. It's fascinating. You have to. There's, there's so much knowledge. So, like, I, and I, I, maybe we should just expand this podcast to just be like broad Disney stuff anyway. Just have playlists <laughs> yeah. in between because there's too much to talk about, and it's so much fun. And everything Disney that is live fun. action remakes. That's a whole nother thing too. Oh right? yeah. <laughs> whole other thing mm -hmm. let's just do it we'll do it all it'll be a great time yeah yeah but for today we'll keep it as streamlined as possible so back to pixel perfect um Mihaly and i had a whole hour conversation about this movie um before i did the rewatch but after she watched it maybe a few a few weeks ago or a month ago would you say uh, yeah, like a month ago a month ago okay so it's pretty recent so i was saying it's still fresh and um four like four main topics we want to get into are how this movie uh, just comments on social media, um, boys in general, depression oh. even, and um, and the music that's in this awesome movie. So let's talk first about the social media commentary. Uh, Mahaley, what are your thoughts on how this movie kind of relates to 2020 and how just image and perfection is like it is so pressurized in our society? I remember when I saw this movie for the first time I, back in 2004. I really liked all the music and I thought that the makeup and the outfits were really cool. Um, every Disney Channel movie had a band in it and so it was another band movie which is really cool. Um, but I feel like everything went over my head and then when I watched it just a month ago I realized how relevant it is to today especially with just uh, being per, perceiving people on the internet as a certain way um, when they're not actually like that in real life. Uh, I feel like we tend to really compare ourselves to people um, and what we see on Instagram and Facebook, but the reality isn't always that. And I feel like Loretta really exemplified that. I feel like Loretta was that perfect person that we see on the internet who we think has the perfect life when like in reality, like she wants nothing more than to just be like a regular human being. And she envies Sam so much because Sam can't is imperfect and can learn things and make mistakes. And that's what she wishes that she could do too. Um, so yeah, that realization when I was watching it most recently, I was like, wow, like this was ahead of its time. I, like, I feel like you don't really realize those kinds of things back in 2004 than you do now and like how much of an effect that like just the digital space has on our our psyche and our lives um and yeah I, I think huge social media commentary in this movie um and social media wasn't around back then so maybe they weren't specifically trying to focus on that but I think just overall uh personification of people online versus how they are in real life. 
Definitely. Was, Brianna, what are you well said? <laughs> that was super well said. Yeah, no, I, I didn't necessarily get those vibes until I talked to Gia about it later. Cause I understood the controversy between Loretta and her name was Sam, Samantha. Yeah. yeah Sam. Um, and how they were kind of jealous of each other. But I feel like that message got lost to me in the way that they kind of enacted those feelings because mm-hmm. I felt like Sam's constant complaining toward Ricky Ullman's character, Roscoe, it like showed how she felt about Loretta. But then I feel like when there were times in the movie that she could have done something or said something more to get her point across, she kind of caved or continued to allow Ricky Ullman to behave that way. And it doesn't mm-hmm. change anything. So I also like the message was clearly there and I do appreciate that it was trying to target the younger people, the younger generation and say like, Hey, listen, you don't have to be anybody but yourself. Nobody's perfect. Like before Hannah Montana. <laughs> and I, I wish it was stronger because I feel like either I just was spacing out or as a 24 year old, the message wasn't that clear to me as someone who hadn't viewed it in a very long time. So I might just not, be as perceptive. I'm not sure either way, but like I knew it was there. I just wish that it was the sole focus. I feel like it kind of got lost. Yeah. I feel like, um, I, cause I totally get what you had said in the beginning about the message being there, but not being translated well. And I definitely see that in this movie. Um, I think that the parts that I remember, even from watching it a month ago, the, the parts were so good to me, but it's like they came in chunks. It's like there would be a certain section that would be really good, really memorable. And then everything else was kind of a blur to me until there was yeah. another part that was really, really good. Um, so I could, I definitely see what you're saying about how like the message was kind of lost in translation. It's like, where are we going? But then once they finally got there, it was like, okay, here it is. And it's like, oh, this is great. This is awesome. But it's like, how long did it take you to get there? That's yeah. a real problem. And Gia already knows this because we had discussed it before, but as far as the ending goes and the way that they were trying to convey that message, like, I'm not sure if we should just jump straight into the ending. Spoilers. Um, <laughs> I It was so obscure that it took me straight out of the movie. I was like, nope, no message for me here. Like, uh-huh. I, And so I guess I'll just spoil the ending as we talk about it so it makes sense. I felt like everything they had done up to that point was believable enough for me to understand that Loretta and Sam were kind of jealous of each other. But when Loretta entered Sam's body, it was for a good reason. And so I'm like, okay, I'm following. This is strange, but okay. But then she wakes up, Sam wakes up, but it's Loretta. And she's like, I'm just going to like take over for a second. I'm going to go walk outside in the rain. And I was like, wait a second. I just, I feel like that character choice, while it was a good ending for Loretta, it just, it came off almost malicious to me mm-hmm. initially. Yes, yes. And so at that point, I was already out of it. I was like, you know, they try. <laughs> but of course, it's a decom. I can't be so nitpicky about it. But the ending was just, we- it was too weird. I don't know. That's just I my feel thoughts. Like, I feel like once she entered that, like, digital, Loretta entered that digital space where she was, like, taking the truck to different places around like the web stuff. I was like, okay, this is where we are. This is what we've decided to do with this movie. And so like anything so fictional and unrealistic, like Loretta going into Sam's brain and then taking over her body. I was like, 
okay, <laughs> like sure. And I feel like it was a little bit more believable, like the her entering the body or the brain part, just because it was uh, Sam's dreams and goals. And so the imagination running wild made sense to me, but I also saw it as malicious when Loretta was like, I have her body now, I will take it into the rain. Um, not realizing that I think that that was Sam being like, go ahead, you can take over my body and like enjoy yeah. the ride until you decide to leave. Uh, but as a child watching that movie for the first time, I'm like, she's the bad guy? What? Well, I mean, I think I would have believed it more if Sam had had a better progression as a character because mm -hmm. I feel like they didn't show enough of her um, being understanding toward Loretta, except for that one little chunk where they're like communicating in her psyche for me to believe that she would have been okay with Loretta doing that, which is yeah. why I guess I misinterpreted Loretta's actions. I'm not sure. And then I don't know, like I I got behind the whole truck on the interweb thing. I was like, <laughs> okay, she's a hologram. She herself is technology. So that makes sense. She's like traveling through email. But once she entered the human anatomy, I was like, wait a second. Now I have a problem. <laughs> like that's like me putting a USB drive up my nose and like <laughs> getting all the information. Like it didn't make sense to me. So I don't know. Like it, it goes both ways, I guess. Mm -hmm. But I think I wish that they would have spent more time with the characters because then the message would have been conveyed a little bit better. Mm -hmm. Because for me, Ricky Ullman's character's progression made complete sense. I was like, okay, I see his perspective. Like, I see how him and his dad correlate. So the writing there was fantastic. But with Sam and Loretta, I think they missed the mark a little bit. That's true. I'm with both of you guys on all of this. Um, I, I, I agree that I think they did miss the mark because there were so many different things they were like they were aiming for um, that, that some things just kind of fell flat. Um, just to kind of bring it to more specifics of the movie and certain um, the certain quotes and elements. Um, I do feel the need to say that writing wise, um, so Neil Shusterman and Alan Sachs wrote the screenplay um, and Chesterman was a producer for, no, I'm sorry, Alan Sachs was a producer for Camp Rock, Camp Rock 2, The Other Me, You Wish, The Color of Friendship, and Smart House. Um, and three of them, of these movies already talked about. Um, I feel like those scripts were a lot stronger than this one. Um, but, but Pixel Perfect, I think, had the heaviest um, themes to discuss, which was interesting. And um, and Mahaley told me this yesterday. Um, Neil Shusterman, he wrote uh, Goosebumps and like, he's into very science fiction and paranormal writing. So I think the elements as far as creating the holograms and the relationship between um, Ricky Ullman, Roscoe, and his father, that was, a, that, that was strong, but everything else kind of fell flat. Um, and regarding Loretta, uh, the problem with me with this is that like she... Well, I always think it's interesting when you have a paranormal character, they like whether it's a robot, a hologram, what have you, they they still uh, turn into like this this individual or this being with actual feelings and goals. Mm -hmm. um, it's kind of it always reminds me of Jurassic Park where it's like life finds a way, you know, because I always had a problem with that where there were like people or characters that you knew were not human beings, like having all these emotions that always bothered me. But then I was thinking, you know what? It's children's programming. If you're gonna suspend my belief, like expel it, you know, just like take me out, like take me. <laughs> so when they were like, so when she uploaded into the net and she was, um, 
you know, like she got into the truck and it was fine when she went into Samantha's brain. That was fine with me. Those parts didn't really bother me. I wish that that those parts were longer because uh, I think Mahaley and I agree on this. Like the, the ending is the best part, 100 percent. I love the ending. Yeah. I, in, my, in, my, in my opinition, I think. Um, yeah, I never got things there really. I love the ending. I love the ending a lot. I thought, I thought it, was, yeah. it tied everything together. Yeah. But I, I do, I was upset with how long it took to get there because, and this is the pure perfection social media, like just judgmental talking behind your back or even to your face. Um, when Samantha was doing her homework and Loretta was telling her the right answer and she was basically saying how she'd never be a human being. She, cause she was so defensive. She was like, like talking kind of rudely to her, you know, cause like Loretta had this, like, she didn't really understand what, if she was like actually like, hurting your feelings but then you realize that she totally did because she's like he screams your calls like yeah you have a few more pounds than you really need and i'm like whoa like that, why is she saying yeah. that she was that funny was as hell why i just i couldn't get behind sam and loretta as characters because mm -hmm. i think when i was younger the reason why i loved this movie is because i was like idealizing the fact that ricky ullman was like kind of into loretta like i didn't really remember sam as a character and now i remember why because She's mm -hmm. terrible, but I forgot that I guess Loretta's also terrible. And I was like, well, now I can't like the movie anymore. And I just, I, I didn't I think like they're, they treated each they're all terrible. And yeah, they're all terrible. Now, everyone's like girl power, like blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. it's, it's a growing theme. And so to see these two characters who could have been so great tear each other down like that, it, oh, I was disgusted. Mm -hmm. And Lauren yeah. behind She's cackling. She's laughing at it. She's like, "This is so bad. It's good." And I'm like, "Oh no, this is terrible. Like, I feel so bad." No, but also I, just, I hate I them. It was pure reality TV, you know, because it showed just like it's, it's how shallow you are, and and just the fact that how quickly a hologram grew into this like female rage. I have to beat her. I have to get the guy. Yeah. You know, kind of thing. It's like where did like those female instincts argue? Where did those things come from? And I mean, that that part, honestly, I feel like because it was written like, by two guys. I feel so, like she developed them from Sam. Yeah, like, because she Sam spent the entire movie being that way, and like it was kind of mm -hmm. subtle in the beginning. But you could, I right away, I had no idea if Sam and Roscoe were a thing or if they were just like best friends who casually liked each other. Like I wasn't really sure mm -hmm. what their dynamic was, but from like the beginning of the movie she acted like a petty jealous girlfriend like she was constantly complaining like about the band competition in the beginning about how they were ill-prepared about everyone that came into audition and how much they sucked like she just always had like this cruddy look on her face i just like i could not get behind her mm -hmm. so when loretta rolls around she got jealous and i'm sure that like the way she passively passive aggressively wow treated loretta like for most of the movie kind of threw that at her how else was she gonna adapt like that's what she saw mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. i hated that because those were the two main female characters like we never got to focus on the band members and i feel like they would have been great like they yeah. were so sweet and i'm like why are we focusing on such nasty behavior like you're tearing down this girl who doesn't exist like i know that you're boyfriend kind of likes her and then she got mad when she found out that Loretta had her ears and I was like isn't that a compliment like I was so confused on her 
Oh, no, that's not a compliment for me. <laughs> yeah. um, I have a problem with, 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 the, with like, the percentages of what he took from her because he's like eyes crossed out. And then like something else was like 10% to 4%. Like that would piss me off to know. Well, it. that's a whole nother conversation because it. Roscoe treated Sam yeah. terribly too. Yeah, so Sam's, yes. yeah, her reactions were somewhat justified, but I don't know. I just, I couldn't get behind any of it. <laughs> I think that like, I, I definitely like the idea of writing imperfect female characters. Um, but I also feel like their only goal was to compete against each other. Yeah. Uh, which, like, you know, I just don't like that. It's Especially like one men thing. writing that kind of stuff. Like, that's not what we do. If uh, they're redeemable on top of being imperfect, then that's mm -hmm. okay. But I feel like their actions weren't redeemable. I'm like, why should I root for Loretta to go touch the rain when in reality – Sam would have never let her do that. Like, where yeah. did that come from? They were, they spent the whole film arguing with each other mostly. Yeah. Like, when she mm -hmm. asked Sam for help and was like, oh my gosh, I'm stuck in the internet, download me. And Sam's like, you can live in this canister forever. I, I was like, what the? I don't like you. Like, yeah. you're not redeemable <laughs> to me. I don't know. I have so many feelings about That's this movie. <laughs> That's very true. No, because I, yeah. I, I think they are both redeemable. I just wish it happened earlier because everything happened in the last four minutes of the movie, which, which was disappointing. Um, but let's talk about um, maybe let's, let's dive into the depression part of this because um, Mahalia and I both got this with Samantha's character, um, just like with the way um, like she was behaving and and how like like she, she was just like sinking more and more into insecurity. Um, and then at the end, when she was in her brain, like it was just like her with the rocks and it was her with her broken guitar. Um, and for some reason, I thought that scene was much longer than it actually was. Like, I, I think I think of it in like a whole weird dreamscape where she was just like wallowing, but that wasn't necessarily the case. Um, but Mahaley, so what do you think how this, like how do you think this movie like talked about depression, if it did at all? Well, first to comment on your uh, about saying how you think that the dream scene was longer. I think it's because they put so much into like those five minutes that the scene was. It, I think it might have even been less than that, uh, that it felt like longer because they were just packing. They, they essentially packed the entire movie into that one scene. Um, I feel like they could I feel like it could have been a short film if they would have cut out like most of the middle, just have like the beginning, Loretta being created, and then like a little bit of the Loretta being a band member leading into, now she's in Sam's brain, like let's have a confrontation thing. Um, Cause yeah, they really did like the ending of the movie, they piled everything on that, on that last like 10, 15 minutes. Um, but yeah, to talk about on the depression, I think that Sam uh, just had, just such a low self-image and self-esteem and the fact that Ricky and I mean I feel like her band and Roscoe um were the most important things to her in her life um and when he decided to replace her and her band with Loretta Loretta took up both her the, that place in her band as like the lead and took her best friend and best friend and a potentially like 
boyfriend person that we liked. I mm-hmm. also was unclear about that. Um, and so I think yeah. like well, a defense. I, 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 think, I think they were dating. Okay, dating. Yeah, like towards the end there, they made it very clear. But yeah, I wasn't that sure if was like the, the first of their dates or yeah, if they were consistently dating from the beginning. Because that's a good argument. If they were actually together before all this stuff went down, that makes him way worse than yeah, if like, yeah, he's they were bad. He's a bad He's probably my least favorite character out of all of them. And I feel like I, I really liked – sorry, I'm getting off topic here, but I really liked – um, how the writers wrote Roscoe's relationship with his father. I thought that that was a really great relationship um, that was written between them two. Um, but Roscoe, and I think that this needed to happen for Roscoe's character arc, but Roscoe in the beginning was horrible. I did not like him. And then at the end when he's like, I like Sam because of everything she is and everything she's not. Dear I, mean, I don't that believe you. Oh, I'm a liar. Uh, but I think I think that they needed to have that to get to that point. Yeah. And so that's why, like, it was, like, when he takes pieces of Sam and makes it into Loretta, you're like, what are you doing? But they needed to do that in order to make it so, like, when we get to that point of everything she is and everything she's not, it's like, okay, we get it. Um but back to the back to the back to depression, uh, and so uh, and then at the end, and so I think Sam uses being mean to Loretta as a defense mechanism to make her feel better about herself. Um, and then I think at the end, and as you were saying, Brianna and yeah, I, Loretta learns her behaviors. Like she is uh, artificial intelligence, so she is learning based of what she is getting from the environment around her, and. Uh, so I think that's why they acted that way towards each other is like, it was essentially Sam was fighting with herself. Um, and then at the end of the movie, when Loretta enters her mind and we see Sam on the ground, it's dark around her. She's playing the, um, the broken guitar and she's just like, it's broken. We see her so feeble. And I think that that's what she was the entire time. And she just used that defense mechanism of being mean and being uh, put off with other people because in, in, in reality, in the inside, she was small and broken. Uh, and so when Loretta comes to her and says, like, I'm, I wish I was you. I wish that I could learn this guitar. Like, I already know how to play this guitar, but I wish I didn't have to. I wish that I could learn it. Um, that's when Sam's like, okay, I get it now. I get, I get that I'm good enough. And I think that that's a really beautiful thing. Well, I like what you touched on because I feel like that's something that a lot of people take for granted. And that's why the ending like kind of stuck out to me was when she, when she said that, not so much all the other stuff, but (laughs) it made sense to me when she was like, I wish I could make mistakes. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's something so many people take for granted because you don't want to make mistakes. You want to get it right the first time. It saves you time. It makes you look better. Like it makes you feel more accomplished, but what to what Sam was saying, like, you don't learn, you don't grow unless you make those mistakes. And so mm-hmm. that was like the hidden gem of the movie was when yes. she said that. I was like, yes. Uh, <laughs> Finally, but, there it is. <laughs> we had yeah. to wait how long to get here. But no, that. Yeah, it's like Boy World. Now I get yes. it. Yes. <laughs> Boy Meets World was super Yeah, weird. no, I'm with you. And, and, and the line that clinches it is like, you, you can be the dreamer, but like, I'll always like just be the yes, dreamer. That and, was, yeah. like, that was huge for me. You know, like as yeah. as a dreamer and as a perfectionist myself, like you need to hear that. Mm-hmm. So it's important. But 
Can we also just talk about like dating and just like like the male psyche in general? Because I definitely thought they were dating. Boys sure. are terrible. And here's the thing. If you are dating or a friend, like, and this is where I have respect for Sam. And I think we all need someone like Samantha in our lives because she's like, well, sorry, I'm not like agreeable with you all the time. Like Loretta is, you know, because like she's, she's, she, she's not that girl. You know, she goes yeah. by the beat of her own drum. Like she writes her own, like this is her thing, you know? And then Roscoe comes in and I, I don't think he was mansplaining per se, but he was kind of like, our right let me let me fix this you know let me come in and, and that's just that pisses me off i would i would, I hate when people tell me what to do and i'd rather <laughs> like, i'd rather try things and make mistakes my way than have somebody try that's so and, interesting like, you know, i didn't get that better. that's just me yeah i did not get maybe, that yeah Oh, that's just me. Well, as someone, because like, because it sucks because Loretta was getting all the attention. She was, you know, she was front and center. And um, this could also relate to my favorite thing in the world, which is Jersey Boys. But it's like everybody wants to be up front, kind of thing. Oh, but God. with her, like, I, I don't feel like she doesn't. She didn't want to be up front per se because she was like the amazing songwriter and she's an amazing singer. Um, whether it was her voice or not, I'm not sure. But yeah, um, yeah it's just the way Roscoe approached the situation just pissed me off. And yeah. I don't think that part of him will ever change. Um, I honestly thought and, it was but two you also sides. Learned more. It was definitely like a two-sided thing because I think he justified his yeah. behavior by saying like, I'm helping Sam, I'm going to impress Sam. But then like behind her back, he was like, ooh, Loretta. And mm-hmm. like, that's not fair. And like from someone who has mostly male friends, like I can totally attest to Sam. It's like, it's never really been about like, oh, I like them. Oh, I need the attention. But when you invest so much time in someone and you're like, an equivalent support system and all of a sudden you're upstaged it's like where'd that come from and it's like regardless of the gender in your friendship that's just how it is yeah but uh, mm-hmm. there obviously had to be underlying feelings for that jealousy to kind of come out the way that it did but i re- the thing that i disliked the most about ricky ullman's character's choices was yes he did it to impress her and help her but i feel like he would get so irritated if he couldn't have both things like there were times when I can't remember a specific point in the movie but me and Lauren were discussing this it was like if Loretta had an issue then like she'd go away and he'd seem like bummed that she was gone but then if Loretta and Sam got in a fight and Sam walked away he'd be like bummed that she was gone and I'm like dude you can't have both pick one <laughs> yeah. oh my god exactly. I, I feel like that's such a thing I mean there are probably girls who do this too i don't want to get on here and be like men ew because love them but you know what i mean i feel like there are so many people out there who just they want like they're like the grass is always they want the options yeah and it's like listen yeah we want options we want control and we want attention that's those are three big things And and the thing is i don't like i appreciate all of these characters i don't necessarily like like all of them all the time like particularly roscoe's character but i appreciate having a mirror be put up with how shallow we could be or how or how we screen calls for people that we care about because because he was so taken by loretta and his creation that he would like screen her call and maybe i'm taking this like a little more dramatically than i should but that's how i took it i took it as a guy that i like really like is blowing me off for someone who's prettier than me, who's more talented than me, who's perfect. Well, that's the thing. And then that's I just exactly what he was doing. in the dark. Yeah. Yeah, which is awful to watch. But at the same time, I understand why he did what he did. Because I'm sure we're all guilty of that at some point. 
So I thought that was interesting. And well, the yeah, whole, with how like his, his dad reason, but he let it like run away with him. He started mm-hmm, yeah. it for a good cause. So I I don't want to think yeah. that his character was initially malicious. He didn't do mm-hmm. it intentionally to hurt Sam. He did it to help her. And then her perception Correct. and like the fact that Loretta ended up growing into like a more humane thing, like the feelings mm-hmm. started. I'm like, that's still weird. But yeah, he would turn around yeah. and be like, Dad, you divorced my mom or you left your ex-girlfriend or whatever, whatever, because they weren't perfect enough, huh? And I'm like, hmm, sounds familiar, Ricky Oldman. Like, why are you calling out <laughs> yeah. your dad when you can't even realize what you're doing? It was Apple so doesn't fall right. far from the tree, buddy. <laughs> yes. Which is why that parallel was was really was that was definitely the the best written part of the yes, movie. I concur. I think yeah. they knew what they wanted That's to so do interesting. at the start, but I wish that we had gotten a little like less of the cattiness between. Like, I feel like they needed to go one of both. They couldn't have both. They should have given less mm-hmm. less of the girls and more of the dad to like combat that parallel, or just cut that all together and have it be not Roscoe's story, but Loretta and Sam's story. I'm like, mm-hmm. I, I feel like that's I where agree. it got to be too much. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I that's why I wish this was a TV show. This would be an excellent TV show, so we can really learn more about these characters and how much they grow. Because I would have loved to see the backstory of Samantha and Roscoe. It's like why, why are, why are they acting the way they do? You know, like why, why are they at each other's throats? You know, but then you have the amazing friends in the band who she's like, I yes. can't take the negative energy here. Which ones? <laughs> I love them. I think it's that I love. They're they're great. It was like that weird trope of, oh, if you're best friends with a guy and you guys are constantly bickering with each other, it just means you have tension. And I'm like, no, that's no. not how relationships are built. Like, that is not a stable foundation mm-hmm. for a relationship. And they fought so much that by the time they actually got together, if they weren't before, I was like, I don't even want that anymore. Because yeah. I'm like, you just now decided that you don't mind if Sam's imperfect because that's what makes her her. But you've spent so much time neglecting yeah. her because of her imperfection. So which is it, Ricky Ullman? Yeah, it took her almost dying for you to be like, right? wow. And almost dying because she was impersonating Loretta. That boggled <laughs> my mind. I was like, she literally had to step into Loretta's skin and screw up in order to make Ricky Ullman be like, wow, oh my God, like I've realized all this time. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, it was just- and I have a question. When when she went on stage as Zaretta, do you think that was like a pre-Hannah Montana wig? Because it looked exactly <laughs> like it. <laughs> I thought you were going oh somewhere else. It was in the costume question. department. Because what bothered me the most about that entire segment was she – Loretta was invented because Sam could not and did not want to dance. But when she went on as Loretta, suddenly she was a great dancer. And I'm standing there with Lauren being like, come why didn't she just do that before? And they would have been fine. Loretta never needed to be made if Sam would have just said, fine, I'm going to dance now. Like, yeah. we didn't need a training montage. She was capable. And I was like, how am I supposed to believe that she wasn't capable? Now suddenly she is. It was such a strange... It's where the pacing just didn't correlate there, but yeah, I yeah. like the I, symbolism. I feel like with the dancing thing, 
I, I think that that band just wasn't a dancing kind of band. No, and, and no, then, no bands have to be. Yeah, they don't. Um, and then I think when they had went to the, I guess, did, did they go to the audition twice? They went once with just like the band and Sam as the lead, and then they went again with Loretta as the lead. Yes. Okay. And so like the first time, um, I mean, it's mostly the agent's fault because he's like, sorry, like this isn't gonna sell. And then when Loretta comes in doing all her flips and stuff, they're like, this is it, this is gonna sell. And so even though I feel like Sam and the band like never wanted to be dan a dancing kind of band, they were just like, okay, like I guess if this is what is gonna make the money and be the most successful, like I might as well do it. If I, if I can still have my band and we don't have Loretta, like I'll go ahead and do it. Um, and then that, and and then towards the end, after Sam, after Loretta's left Sam, Sam's body, and Sam is like back in the middle of the rain, like with Roscoe next to her, and she's like, "Where's Loretta?" And then it leads into the acoustic scene of her like playing the guitar on the chair um, at the same venue where they had the auditions. It's like, yeah, this is the kind of band that they are, and the agent should have realized that in the beginning yeah. instead of being like, "You're a dancing band." Because like, they paralleled it with that girl group of like the three girls who had like the Britney mics yes. and they were only dancing. Yeah, yeah. the three LW. You can't do a triple pirouette when you're strumming a guitar. Like, I'm sorry, that's yes. Okay, yeah, 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 manager. Right. Oh my god, that made me so angry. I'm like, people yeah. have different sounds. Like you can't tell someone they're not going to be successful because they're not the next Cheetah Girls. Like, yeah. let them be their own band. Mm -hmm. Like they had something they wanted to say, and obviously at the end they were still getting the reception for the music that Sam wrote. Just I don't know. It's ah, <laughs> uh, <okay>. yeah. <laughs> trying to make it too pop. But it was, but it's cool because at that time with music, because it, it was either like Avril Lavigne like genre or it was 3LW Cheetah Girls Shout Britney. Out to, like the three Stop. Avril posters in Sam's bedroom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> love Avril. Exactly, yeah, with the posters in her room, all that stuff. And um but yeah that was it was cool to see like the different kinds of music too. And Phil Marshall was a composer. Um but he has he did like all of the the Zoob Disney movies was him. Check this out. So he did all the music for Xenon. A Ring of yeah. Endless Lights, The Ultimate Christmas Present, Stepsister from Planet Weird, Miracle Lane 2, Johnny Tsunami, The 13th Year, and Double Team. Like, this guy knows what he's doing. And I, as I when I was re-watching the movie, all the lyrics came back to me, 100%, and they're all on Spotify, by the way, if you guys want to rewatch it. Oh, really? And I thought it worked that they're, yep. Mm -hmm. And there are only they're four main songs. So it's Nothing's Wrong With Me, Notice Me, Get Real, and When the Rain Falls. That's the Yo, Nothing's song. Wrong With Me. Um, when that came on, that. I was like, oh my God, I remember. Like, I haven't heard this in <laughs> like, over yeah. a decade, but I knew all the words. I was like, I didn't know where this but song came from. Yeah, you knew it, right? But yeah. the reason why is because Nothing's Wrong With Me is so much like the song in Freaky Friday. Yes, like the same oh guitar riff. My God, I never I noticed that. I have to go back and listen. Oh, it's so good. Yes, hundred percent. That's what it was for me. But and also, this talks about, and this is why I think there were too many things going on in the movie. It talks about how awful the music industry is, um, which is also yes. relevant <laughs> to our camp rock discussion yesterday. Um, let's talk about Daryl Fibbs. I he's the only character that I like. Um, like 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 full on no, like no contention. I love the Daryl Fitz character. He's played by Chris Williams. Who do you guys remember? He was Dwight in Dodgeball. I've never seen. Dodgeball. I've never seen Dodgeball. You, 
What? I've oh, been telling you for years I'm going to watch it and then I've never seen it. So I'm sorry. I'm pretty sure, you know what? I'm pretty sure they came out the same year in 2004. I might be mistaken. It might have been between oh, 2004 sorry. and 2004. My focus was but only Chris on Pixel Williams Perfect is the actor. in 2004. <laughs> just kidding. Okay. No, uh, it's a great movie. Well, anyway, this Chris Williams' range is amazing. And he actually is in the new show, Upload, ironically. Upload yeah, look at that. I haven't um, seen that, but my mom swears that it's like mm-hmm. the best show she's ever seen. So it's on my list. Like, I've heard it's excellent. Yeah. yeah. We should definitely check that out. Social media commentary. Movie called Florida Girls. What? I said, speaking of social media commentary, like, let's get uploaded into Facebook for the rest of our afterlife. You know, it's like the good place, but not. Like, oh, my God. That that would be an I interesting good discussion. Movie. Well, that, that could be a follow-up to the Pixel Perfect episode. Why not? Um, and he was also in a show called Florida Girls on the Pop Network. Um... I haven't seen it, but we should probably check that out too. Um, but I, I loved, I loved his character, and because he, because he was a star, and he said, "I'd rather be a star maker than a star." And so he's going out, you know, he's trying to find new talent, and then he gets Loretta, gets like, like, and the record company buys like the rights to her, and he said, "Like, no, like, they give, give Loretta a choice." You know, he yes. listened to Ricky Ullman, he li- listened to his father at that pitch meeting. It wasn't even a pitch meeting anymore. They already bought her. Um, yeah, so I thought that was really cool how he redeemed himself. And he said, you know what? I'm not doing. I'm not dealing with this. I'm starting my own production company, and I'm going to do it right. And that's like, it. And I literally watched this movie three nights ago, and I forgot about all the music industry stuff. Yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, my so God. I remember one, those one scene they like when they're recording that, in the booth. They're, like, recording. And the one guy in there is like, uh, girls, you're all pitchy, and you're all terrible. Like, Loretta, you're fantastic, sweetie. And I'm like, what the yeah, And then he stood up for them. Loretta was like, they're my band. Like, we're not getting any, like, um, of your musicians. Like, I want them. And I was like, okay, Loretta. So that's all I remember. (laughs) Yeah. It's true. Like, because that whole thing negated, like, these key lines in the movie. Like, it's not about sound anymore. It's about image. And no, and Cindy said this, like, no one cares about real. They want larger than life. And Mm -hmm. that's how everyone tries to come across. That we're this one of a kind, you know, like person. That, um, reminded me of have you guys watched Black Mirror recently? No, Never. okay, there's an episode in a the little bit. season with Miley Cyrus where she is okay, a yeah, I know of that one, and yeah. they put her consciousness in AI dolls to like send to people, and it's like, oh. a, so essentially. I, I guess like one of these fans really wants to be her, and it's literally the same plot as pixel perfect because it's like oh my gosh i cherish this pop star my idol she has this perfect life but then it kind of counteracts that and it shows miley cyrus's home life and how her aunt's her manager and she's abusive and they extort her and all this stuff so even when miley cyrus ends up like falling into some kind of coma or whatever the aunt's like we're gonna make her a hologram and we're gonna have her perform like 30 feet tall like in this wow or these fans but then obviously like it goes off the rails with this whole other plot point but Mm -hmm. i thought it reminded me so much of that episode because it just it kind of showed like your idols aren't all that you want them to be and like just because Mm -hmm. they're these famous musicians or whomever they happen to be doesn't mean that their life is fantastic and it was strange parallel especially miley cyrus because disney channel and it only made me wonder like what did she go through as a disney channel slash music recording artist like Mm -hmm. she had 
so many things going on and it definitely like makes you wonder about the music industry and especially with that episode saying like oh my gosh our human artist is unconscious like let's just throw up a hologram of her people are still gonna pay to see it i'm like that's so bizarre to me but then i watch it and i'm like oh people love loretta even though she's fake and also she got famous like really quickly people her face was on people's t-shirts and i'm like where do they live like yeah and she i don't even think they didn't even know she was a hologram at that point that and when he tried to take the pictures of her in the beginning of the movie she was like blurry but then her face was on people's t-shirts. I'm like, how did that work? <laughs> I, my brain was like moving too fast for this movie, but I don't know. It was an interesting parallel to black mirror. And it did, it had a lot of the same themes as far as like imitating your idols and musicians mm. and how their lives aren't perfect. So. Yeah. I wonder if I was inspired. Like, I wonder if they, I don't know. Yeah, cause yeah, it's so many parallels mm-hmm. and it makes you wonder. I'm sure it was there. Yeah. But there are so many movies and TV show episodes that are related to this, just like with like paranormal, not even paranormal, but just like inhuman, inhumane things that are happening. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. I think it's interesting Um, that you talked about the hologram and like how even when idols are like unconscious and, uh, are like not alive anymore that people will still watch to see them perform because like aren't th- there are actual celebrities in our real life who have passed and their holograms have been used it wasn't that oh my gosh Carrie Fisher yeah I thought didn't they do that for Prince too at the Super Bowl or am I making that up I don't I, I know I, something. I, I was thinking Michael Jackson, but I know they I did know, it for somebody. Mm-hmm. I think and Michael Houston, Jackson they were thinking too. of doing her too. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's like yeah, that's well, not real life. That's how reality. Do you feel about that? Well, I mean with Terry Fisher specifically with the movies, like they had to go mm-hmm. to her family and get their permission to use her rights like to her face. But that is still so strange to me. I'm like, if I was dead, I really wouldn't want people exploiting me like that and even so like i grew up going to like imitation concerts like i saw like a beatles tribute band the temptations tribute band but then you think about it and you're like these people are getting paid to imitate these people who are long gone and even Mm -hmm. jersey boys if we want to argue it because me and gia love it so much like (laughs) is is it a good thing or is it bizarre that these people are financially gaining from imitating these stars who put in work and past when you're just kind of taking their like identities or likeness sure Uh and that's so bizarre to me i feel like jersey boys would probably not be a great example because obviously it's like broadway and they've gotten around that but right and that's like in tribute to them like they're not using it for their own gain like just to actually like tell their story how important it is but there is a fine line there (laughs) walking around new york yeah Mm mm-hmm it's, that like, brings up a really good point. There is a fine line to imitating. And yeah, like it just depends on how you use it. And you can tell when it's being used for the wrong reasons. And that's why I really like think this movie didn't work the way that I wanted it to. Because I assumed that a lot of the learned behaviors of Loretta came from watching Sam and Roscoe and the bandmates. And like that's how they all kind of created her personality. Because she was when she first like arrived, I don't even know how to say that. She was really stiff and awkward to listen to. Cause she's like, hi Roscoe. I'm like, Oh my God, I hate her. But yes. <laughs> aside from that, like, she grew into a person, like the more she was around other people. So after she got famous, I was like, 
isn't that kind of like Sam getting famous? Like Loretta isn't yes. her own. She she is her own person. That's the argument of the movie, but she's not. And so if we're gonna get into like likeness, what what made Loretta better than Sam other than her physical attributes? Like yeah. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing. Nothing. Yeah. Like the that, better version of her according yeah. to how society sees people. So it's like if you're blonde, blue eyes and beautiful, like that's only people want to see. If you're like, you know, if you can do yeah. flips and tricks, you're automatically better. But it's just a checklist thing. of things. That happened with Adele recently because Adele's freaking talented beyond compare. But when she lost all that weight, people were like, oh my God, Adele's skinny. And it's like, stop talking about Adele's weight and talk about her talent. Like it's, she's not famous because she's pretty. She's famous because she's talented. Mm -hmm. And it's such a strange, like Gia said, a fine line to walk down. What do you want to be known for? And I think Sam really wanted to be known for like her inner voice and her contributions to the world, like with her talent. And so like when all of that power got stripped away from her I think that could kind of lead into your topic about depression and how she just didn't get to have a creative outlet anymore because yeah, yeah. Just, yeah exactly. they don't want to listen to me because I'm not mm -hmm. perfect exactly right and then once I you know. do reach a certain level of perfection or just of just or just being accepted in general you, you have to stay in that box and that's why in the brain scene Loretta even said, like, if I'm so perfect, why do I feel so limited? You know, like she's stuck in in protecting that that perfection, which is awful, you know, because we're supposed to be like, that's what human beings are. Like you evolve as a person, you grow, you change, you can think for yourself. That's how that's how it is. And it's, it's terrible that we do that to ourselves. Like we dehumanize ourselves on purpose just to, to get by or to avoid judgment or whatever. Yeah. So that definitely taught me to, to I, I'm definitely thinking about that more because even now, just whatever is everything, especially in 2020 is, is controversial, you know, like, like, like whether you think about Corona, or what do you want to do or, or just everything. It's um, like, I've noticed I lost a few followers on Instagram and that really like hurt. I'm like, why did they like, why, why can't we just talk about this? You know, it's like, or like you expect me to say one thing. And if I don't, because it goes against your political ideology then I'm out of your life which is hilariously you know, like, like I can counter that by saying I haven't spoken up about those things at all because again I not that I fear losing followers or losing friends because it's like I know my close friends wouldn't care but at the same time I'm like I don't want to speak up about something that I don't feel is my voice is worth speaking up about because it just adds to the controversy and I hate that on the complete other side of it, it's like some people don't want to speak up. And I feel like Sam got to that point where she's like, I have all these things to say, but clearly my voice doesn't matter or what yeah. I have to say isn't relevant because I'm not whatever. And so if you really like, I don't want to talk about all this stuff, but if you wanted to compare it to the Black Lives Matter movement, it's like, okay, I'm white, but if I advocate, like, is that, is that not in my place? Like, am I not allowed to do so? Because obviously like, I am white and it's so hard to like compare the two because everyone should have a voice and be able to say what they want. And like, you shouldn't be losing followers for posting stuff that you believe is right. And if I, I mean, I guess if people don't agree, then cool. Bye. But at the same time, like we should all be allowed to say and contribute to the world, what we want with in theory and like be accepted for it. And I think that the whole point of the movie is kind of, 
backing that. Like you shouldn't be afraid to speak up because you're not perfect or because you're not pretty or because you don't conform to like the normity. You still have opinions that deserve to be heard. So it's really interesting now that I'm thinking about how it correlates with real world events, which I didn't want to do. The decom and you know, they're fun. (laughs) Totally. I don't even know what. And trippy. Yeah, I'm trippy. There you go. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I like we talked about in the beginning. I mean, again, full circle. I just feel like this uh, movie was just definitely ahead of its time, and I think that I think that this I think that this movie was a movie written for older an older generation or older kids. Um, I guess I should say not an older generation, but older kids. But it was when they were younger, and so when those kids were younger, it was like the message wasn't coming across. It was it was maybe a warning, but the message wasn't coming across right. because us were just like, a cool band. And Ricky Ullman, what more could you want? Um, and Yeah, it was very subtle into our subconscious. Yeah, and nowadays. Well, it's better that like, you say it was ahead of its time, because yeah. I feel like in, in some way, shape, or form, you know, the timing is everything. And I feel like even though some of the movies may have gone over our heads, um, I don't know if a movie is ever like really ahead of its time because like no matter what, like someone had this thought and someone was going through this at that time. Yeah, true. Um, that's it's true. just interesting when it blows up. No, but I'm totally so with would you. Like, say I, it was I, I, timeless. I time. said, like, do you think that that's something? Sorry? That people, I said, would you consider it to be timeless then, since it's something that people probably go through constantly? Yeah, definitely. Maybe, maybe timeless I mean, I starting from like 2000s and beyond. I don't. I think if we were to send this movie back to the future to like the 1950s it would be like what but <laughs> but i yeah. think from when it came out to going forward it is timeless because i don't i don't see a world where we're not going to be influenced by the digital space and by the internet. Oh, of course. And people were always being influenced even like before that with magazine covers and whatnot. True, like I think there, true, there was always true. a social standard to uphold, but I yeah. think it's more prevalent when you see like skinny prepubescent girls on TikTok dancing and you're like, wow, I wish I looked like that. But you know, it's not necessarily healthy. It's just the social norm because it's inescapable it's on your phone so i can i feel like it's only going to get more prevalent as time passes so yeah that's true that's true i i can see that yeah um and i i feel like too i feel like this movie was like a big core message of it um like we were talking about you know being a human making mistakes but i feel like it was just another super common uh disney channel theme which is just like everyone is beautiful. Everyone has beauty within them. And it's like, we just have to find that. And we just have to make sure that that part of us, we can help make it shine instead of feeling so bad about, instead of comparing ourselves to anyone, no, like no matter who they are, no matter what they look like, comparing ourselves, finding, finding something about them that we don't have that we wish that we had. And instead we need to be like, okay, we, we might not have this, but we do have this. And this is what makes us unique. And this is what makes us different. Again, Cheetah Girls, Hannah Montana. Like it's all there. Yeah, love <laughs> Cheetah Girls, love Cheetah Girls. Our spots are different. <laughs> yeah, different colors. The point is the same. The yeah. theme is the same. Yeah. It is the same, yes. Well, ladies, I think this is the perfect place to end our broadcast for today. What do you guys think? I love that. I think that's great. Yeah. Circle. Ended on a high note. Yes. Yes. 
Perfect. Yay. Well, thank you, Mahaley, so much for joining us. Yes, I, this is, I think, the best, the best structured episode. This is great. We're Yay. just under an hour. I think this is wonderful. Um, so for all of you watching or listening, thank you so much. Um, we will be back next week. Uh, we will have some teaser for you soon. We're, we're still figuring out the kinks. It's going to be a good time. And yes, so you are beautiful. You are perfect just the way you are. And let's keep being kind to each other. Love that. So everyone say goodbye. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. Have a magical day. <laughs> <laughs>